Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Shocking, isn't it? I develop leaders and sales professionals all across the globe. I help them to tap into and achieve their true potential every day. I'm a business writer, speaker, and now host for this podcast, Shock Your Potential. Come on and join me. Let's learn and laugh together. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Shock Your Potential, the business podcast where I focus on excellence in leadership, sales, and the customer experience. For the past several weeks, I have been highlighting a job seeker series on Fridays. And the purpose behind this, if you've been following, is to really reach out with people who are in an active job search. And some of them have been very willing to be on my show and let me interview them and talk to them about the things that they're experiencing. So today's episode is in that flavor, but a little bit different. I'm not going to interview this this individual as if he's going for a job, but I'm going to talk a little bit about what he's doing and what the message may be to some of these some of you as listeners that are struggling with this right now. One of the things that I'm hearing back from all of you is that you're thankful that there's an avenue to realize you're not alone and some reminders that you can keep doing this and to uh, to feel like you know that there's others that are struggling and that knowing that uh, that you are not alone on some island, that it helps give you a little bit of buoyancy. So today I'm going to introduce a very wonderful guest and his name is Wayne Thomas Adams III, but he goes by Trey, which I'm going to want to know all about that. So first of all, welcome, Trey. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for responding to my email and going, yes, I would love to have you on my show in, in so many words as, you know, I'm Thank you. Um, as I said, when we were talking before, I, I appreciate it. You are awesome to have me on your show. Oh, thank you. This is going to be fun and everybody's going to love you. And anybody who listens to me, they also know that I love accents. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> eating it up. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> I actually hate seeing myself talk. <laughs> I hate hearing my voice. Really? And, and I'm don't, I don't hate hearing it when I'm teaching my class or when I'm talking to someone, but I complete. I competed in 4-H in public speaking, and they would videotape us so that we could watch it. And I cannot stand watching myself talk. I think you'll get better at it as time goes by. I used to be the same way. Mm. That's one of my big. You were asking me about my name, Trey. I'm yes. named after two of the four greatest people to walk on the face, males to walk on the face of the earth, my dad and my grandfather. Beautiful. And I was named Trey because I'm the third and my son, it was a deal breaker with both of my (laughs) ex-wives that my son be named the fourth. And here's the thing about it. I was, I am the only Adam's grandson in our family. And Mm. my son is the only Adam's great grandson. Mm. So, if, if he does not produce a male heir, the name ends with him. And he's asked me on more than one occasion, do I have to name my son Wayne Thomas Adams V? And I said, I would appreciate it if you do, but you <laughs> no don't pressure. have to. I said, this, I said, this is up to you. I said, it, was, it wasn't even my parents coming to me or my dad coming to me going, you have to do this. It was, this is what it's going to be. 
and mm-hmm. either you agree to it or you don't. And, I, and luckily, both of them agreed to it, so I didn't have to go. Okay, got to find someone else. But oh. you know, it's, it's it, names it's, are important, and it's and it's a challenge because there's a lot of history wrapped up with all of them, but there's a lot of emotion that can go either way. <laughs> oh yes, 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 yes. Well, so I know that you are a teacher, which I'm going to want to know about that a little bit more, but you would call yourself the lone wolf and you have a WF. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, I can. I went, I attended a great university in the state of North Carolina. I followed my dad there. I attended North Carolina State University. I'm an avid wolf packer. Um, I just love North Carolina State. I wear red. I I tout the school every chance I get. I talk to anybody that'll listen. I have missed one NC State home football game since 1990 to the point that I had a soccer game that I was coaching called early so that I would not miss kickoff on a Thursday night game. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. The only game I missed was because my sister decided to get married on a day that was a home game. She should have known better. That was just very poor planning. (laughs) Holly, forgive me. I love you. I love you with all my heart and soul. Uh, But the marriage did not survive, but she still comes to the football games. um, Good for her. Wolf is spelled W-U-F for the reason is that the mascot's is Mr. Wolf and Mrs. Wolf, and they're both spelled W-U-F. And Very good. That's that's why. And uh, the other reason is, as I got more into it, as I started looking at to how I was going to do this, and that's been my email for, gosh, probably 20, 30 years now. It's just one of those things that makes it different. And there are several yeah. wolves out there, or several wolf, and it just makes it different. And it gets people's attention because the first thing they're going to do is look at it and go, oh, it's spelled wrong. Exactly. And, and that grabs their attention. Well, let's see what, it, you know, if he spelled that wrong, let's see if he spelled anything else wrong. And yeah, that always happens to me as a woman named Michael. <laughs> yeah. People notice it right away. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up. Because when I first was going to respond to your emails, I was like, okay, this is a guy. He's working for, you know, da 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 And then I looked in, I was like, uh-oh, no, it's a woman. <laughs> uh-oh, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, lo- I'm glad I looked back and, and did a little bit of uh, due diligence finding out, okay, this is who this person is. Because you would have got a mister, and then you would have went, oh, no, I'm never going to have him on my show. <laughs> so I get that more than you know. It doesn't offend me in the least. It's very fun. Well, so tell me a little bit about you. You have a um, a real passion for leadership and positive motivation. So tell me a little bit about that. And, you know, I know that you've done some writing. You're looking at a series of, of different writings on, you know, motivational thinking. And uh, you've done some videos yourself. So, you know, tell me why. Why that? As a, I, I started teaching special ed when I, in 2003, I left being a probation and parole officer. I quit. North Carolina was in a a teacher shortage crisis. And my wife at the time was a teacher. My dad was a college professor. My mom was training daycare workers, teaching people how to become daycare workers. So it was kind of there and I'd fought it part of the way. And then I decided, you know, I think I'm ready to, to make the jump. And I started out as a special ed teacher and it found me. It was not that that's what I went in to do. It found me. 
And as I was doing it, I saw that there were kids that just needed a little push. There were some that needed a big push, but there were some that just needed to hear, hey, look, I believe in you. I got you. I got your back. And the school where I started had a saying, I got your back. And it was for the teachers. And we had one another's back. Whether I agreed with you or not, I had your back because we were in this together. And I took that saying and applied it to the classroom of, okay, kids, I got your back. And that's the way it's always been. I've had the, I've had the kids back. You know, I believe in you. You can do it. You can, you can do whatever you set your mind to. And my dad had taught me that at an early age with the fact that he never told a college student there was nothing that they couldn't do. If they wanted to be a lawyer, it's you have no right to tell them that they can't. If you know for an absolute, absolute fact that they have no business doing it, then you kind of guide them in another direction. <laughs> you, then you help right, them find you, a more appropriate path. <laughs> and what really, what really got it was this year I had it. I had a couple of students that were just negative. We, you know, we would have contests. There's always, I've always had a contest with them doing their times tables. And one kid one time said, well, I'm not going to win because you and Miss B, who was my student intern at the time, are going to win. And I kind of lost my cool a little bit. And I said, no. I said, that's not the attitude to have. You've got to have the attitude of, I'm going to come in, I'm going to kick your butt, I'm going to kick her butt, and I'm going to show y'all how it's done. And it goes Absolutely. back, and it goes back to what I saw in the the bear, the movie about Bear Bryant. Was he told one of his players? He said, "If you won't be beat, you can't be beat." And that's kind of what got me into writing motivation. I was listening to Eric Thomas and Steve Gilliard. I had um, the privilege of seeing Jeannie Robertson speak when I was in 4-H back in the 80s and seeing those people and listening to their videos and listening to them talk just kind of kept pushing me to do, okay, I've got to make a difference. And I just was like, I've got to make a difference in these kids' lives. I've got to, I've got to show them that they've got it. And when you have a parent come in and tell you that a child is stressed out because of school, you really got to change your mindset and go, okay, look, it's not at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what you made on the test. What did you learn? Do you know how to add? Do you know how to subtract? Do you know how to read? All the other stuff is, is garbage. Don't worry about it. What, what you made, what did you learn? And I tried to stress to them that your grades don't define you. Your scores in high school don't define you. Your scores in college don't define you. They may help you get a job, Right. They're not who you are. And I try not to say the word, but right. they're not who you are. And too many <laughs> yeah. times we we use the word think, and I hate that word. I despise that word because going in with the books, you, when you start thinking is when you start messing up. And I tell my kids, I don't want you to think. And I go back to what Jim Valvano said in, in one of his books with when I say the way when he would have a you know, the timeout with the last four seconds of the game, he goes, you don't go in saying, all right, don't foul, don't foul, because that's the first thing your mind thinks of. Well, I have a friend of, mm-hmm. a friend of mine that, who is on the spiritual side of things, and she said the same thing. She says, if you keep saying it, if you keep thinking it, your body is going to think that's what it needs to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you create your own reality. And that's exactly right. And I tell the kids, don't think. No, I know. And I got in an argument with a presenter 
at, at school training that we had one day. She goes, all right, we're going let, to do this. First, let me interrupt you because I just, I love the idea. You're like, I got into an argument with a presenter. I just enjoy the fact that you're so passionate. You're going to stand up no matter what. Go on. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> we're sit- I've gotten in several arguments. That's just one of them. The program is Eureka Math, which is a great math program. Don't get me wrong. It just doesn't fit me. And I've had to learn to teach it and I've had to learn to do it. And uh, I could hear my principal now going, just shaking his head. If he was in here going, really, Adams, <laughs> would you just shut up? But anyway, they have an exercise where the kids are doing a, a problem and they say they start it by saying, think. And that's the start. And I stood up and I said, you don't want them to think. And she goes, yeah, you do. And I said, no, you don't. I said, this is why. And I went back to what Jim Valvano said. I said, if I say black cows, what pops into your head? And I asked Mm -hmm. the class, you know, group of adults, when rarely do I speak in front of a group of adults of that caliber. And I said, everybody, what do y'all think? I said, black, a black Angus cow pops into your head, regardless of what you're doing, that image pops into your head. And I've watched kids change answers on tests that they had right because they thought. And the the biggest thing I tell them is don't think, no. And more than once, one of them will go, well, I thought. I said, what's your first mistake? I thought. <laughs> there it is. Don't let thinking take over. And there's too many times, and it goes with a lot of the words that I say, and it probably fits in with a lot of people when they're going for an interview. They start thinking, this is how I need to do this, or this is what I need to say, there rarely are there right or wrong answers. Just be yourself. Just go in and have the attitude, know what you're going to say. Don't think it because we also go as far as to overthink it. Well, so let me, let me interrupt you for a minute, because that was one of the things that I wanted to focus on. And that is in the number of people that I've been speaking with lately, especially when I first begin. So what I, you know, I just, I love doing this with people I know, people I don't know, you know, if they need the help. I've hired hundreds and hundreds of people. And so I'm, I love the interview process, but to me, it's always interesting the path that people take to answer questions and their level of nervousness. And even if I'm just interviewing them and they know I'm not interviewing them for their job, I'm just helping them, they panic and they say, oh, well, I'm not any good at that. Oh, I wish I would have said that better. Oh, I, you know, it's been so long since I've had to interview. And I, you know, my goal is to try and I guess, you know, I haven't really thought about it is to, I always say, get out of your headspace. So I think that's a a very similar statement to don't think, because if you spend too much time running around in your headspace about what you might say right or wrong, you don't listen to the questions, number one, and you don't think of how to make those questions be answered by the talents that you already have. So if you've prepped ahead of time and you know your skill set and you know what kind of sound bites you want to tell that interviewer, then it's going to come naturally. You're just waiting for the opportunity to put it in the right place. But if you start thinking and, and guessing and, and double, uh, you know, I guess worrying about, I don't know what I'm trying to say, the, the verbiage of, you know, double thinking, but you will, um, you'll get yourself into your own pinch of, oh my gosh, I, I should have done that differently and which messes you up for the next opportunity. So it becomes a snowball effect of where you're going to have success or failure based on your own reaction at the moment. Well, and a lot of times people prepare and they're 
preparation consists of, okay, they're going to ask me this, 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 and this. You and I have had this interview seven times mm-hmm. since you sent me the email. You haven't been there. I've been there. And <laughs> I've played it over and over in my head of what am I going to do? How am I going to handle that? Mm-hmm. And here's here's the other thing is you told me I'm, we're going to talk for, for 45 minutes. I'm going to cut it down to – I'm going to edit it down to 30. Mm-hmm. I came in with the mindset of, okay, I need to have 90 minutes of material. I need to have 90 minutes of stuff to talk about. I need to have, you know, maybe 90 subjects. I need to have 90 words that I need to focus on in this process so that there is no dead time, so that there's no dead air, so that there's no question of, oh, mm, uh, uh, uh. and I've actually <laughs> counted the number of ums I've said and am upset with myself because I've said it three times, two to three times. There's one I'm really not quite sure of. I want to play it back and go, okay, did I really say that? We. So in other words, you're thinking too much. <laughs> no, actually, I'm thinking a whole lot too much. No, just really. <laughs> pretty much just with that one part because I knew that was something that I didn't need to say and I've said it twice I've said um twice and you people just get get so focused on certain things and it goes back to we just proved what we've been saying you thought about it and you did it and then you made it happen exactly and so so that's And I think it's really important that people recognize that. And from my perspective, I always tell people, especially when you're preparing for an interview of any kind, know what you want to get across and make sure that no matter what is asked of you, that you can direct and redirect. And that's what I love. I do a lot of media interviews and it's always interesting because most of the time I provide them with the questions to ask me because I want to be more in control and I want to be prepared for you know, what I want to get across, and then I have to be ready to adapt. But it's about that ability to pivot, but always know what your message is and not let the changing circumstances pull you off course. So let me take this back just another minute, because I want to ask you another question that talking about being, you know, having to pivot and be off course, you had one whole career as corrections officer. And then all of a sudden, you made a change and you made a change to a completely different field. And I talk to a lot of people about this all the time about realizing that your skill set in one career or one company is often very transferable to other industries, other careers, other businesses, but most people don't see it. So, what kind of confidence did it take for you? to make that leap from one career that you were very confident and had a great um, amount of tenure in and to move into something so vastly different as teaching junior high and elementary students, especially special ed ones. My first day at Welburn Middle School in High Point, North Carolina, I'm on breakfast duty and I'm pushing a trash can between the tables, collecting the trash from breakfast. And a student tells me, I do not remember the student. I can't tell you what race they are, what gender they are, what anything. As I'm pushing the trash can through, I hear, hey, weren't you my mom's probation officer? Oh, boy. My response was, yes. I kept pushing the trash can. Like I said, I can't tell you if the student was African-American, was Hispanic, was male, female, white. I don't know. (laughs) And that was my introduction to to teach in middle school, though carrying your skill set from one job to another, it's just I was dealing with a different age group. 
a lot of them, they all acted the same age. They all mm-hmm. acted like they were four years old is, the, is my terminology that I like to use. And I looked at it as I'm going to come in. With, I came in with the same attitude of I'm going to be firm. I'm going to be mean. Other people had told me, you don't, you know, you don't smile until Christmas break or you don't smile until Valentine's oh, Day. Boy, wow. And you, and you really have to. And it was very hard when I started teaching elementary school. It was very hard for me to look at a second grader and go, you're not going to do that. That's uh-uh. mm-hmm. and I had to change my mindset of, OK, I've got to treat the kindergartners just like I treated the middle schoolers, just like I treated the people I dealt with. And. Mm-hmm. I had a great boss when I was a probation officer when I started out in Montgomery County. His name was Clayton Bennett Jr. And he told me, he goes, you can always get nicer. He said, but you can't get meaner. And <laughs> it's the that truth. So good. <laughs> it has a lot to do with leadership, too. It does. And <laughs> yeah. you've got to set boundaries and consequences. And here are the boundaries. Here are the consequences. And there are times that I've made kids cry because of the boundaries and consequences. And there are days that I've gone home and on and cried from the time I got in my truck to, to go home until I got home because I knew I had hurt a child's feelings. I knew I had made them upset. I had dashed their hopes and it was something that needed to be done. And it, it hurts and it's, it's, it sucks. And I it's look very at, much like, yeah, very much like the parent when they say this right. is going to hurt me more than it does you. And, and as a child, you don't does. recognize it, but it does. Yeah. And a lot of the kids that I deal with, they have very few positive male role models. So, you know, here I come in being firm, being mean and being nasty. And they're some of now they're some of the ones that are the first one to come up and give me a hug. They're yeah. one of the ones that, you know, that come up and go, hey, Mr. Adams, guess what I did over the weekend? Or guess what I'm going to get to do this weekend? Or and you learn real quick, regardless of what age, everything's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that's the way you look at it. It's a big deal to them. So it better be a big deal to you. And that's how I look at it. Absolutely. So tell me, so I know you've done writing and I've watched a number of your videos on YouTube. Um, so tell me a little bit about why. I know you've got, you know, a series of, of oh my goodness, I can't remember. It's the positive words. How do you? What the... I'm a, I'm afraid to say my title because I don't want somebody to come along and steal it. <laughs> I'd actually stolen someone's title and didn't realize I had until I Googled it. I was like, ooh, that's a little bit too close. Okay. Um, it started out as, what are your ABCs? And the reason I did is I saw people had written books about their ABCs of this, the ABCs of that, and the, you know, you have all of these ABCs. And none of them quite covered what I was looking for, what I really needed at the time. And I was like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to look at it. Because you're taught that certain words are positive, certain words are negative. And you, because you're taught that at an early age, it becomes your mindset. And as we were talking before we started this, fear and failure, people look at as negative words. No, they're not negative words. They're negative words only because you've been taught or you've been conditioned to believe that they're negative words. Fear and failure are two of the most positive words in the world, positive words in the world. The simple fact of what's your fear? What are you afraid of? And you should take your fear to drive you so that when you have a failure, you're going, okay, I made a mistake here. 
this is what I need to change. I need to go back and do this, this differently. And one of the things that I put up on my Instagram page one time is failure is only failure if you quit. Yeah, I agree. And failure is one more reason to succeed. And if you're afraid of failure, that's why we're in the situation we're in. You're afraid to fail. And kids come in and they, they get upset because they failed a test. And I look at them, I said, is somebody going to die because you failed this test? Are you going to die before? And exactly. I've had people say, that's a little extreme. I said, no, it's not. I said, mm-hmm. when you look at a child and they, you know, when they come in and say, well, it doesn't matter, I'm going to fail anyway, because they've been conditioned from all the other people telling them that. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a death. Part of that child dies. And I'm like, you didn't die. You made it. You made a bad choice with this answer choice. Well, let's go back and see if we can figure out how you can do it. Absolutely. And too many times we focus on that stuff instead of, hey, the fear is going to drive you to succeed because you know that when you fail, you're going to figure out what you did wrong so you can keep doing it. Yeah, it's all about harnessing it. And, you know, it's funny as you said that. And I've heard other, you know, I I taught once upon a time ago, long time ago, but I remember hearing students say the same thing to me. And it does, you know, about why does it matter? I'm going to fail anyway. And it dawned on me as you were just saying that I actually was talking to a young lady uh, last week about her job search. And I was asking her about where she was applying. And she was giving me all different, you know, answers that seemed, you know, logical for what her background was. And then she said, well, you know, I don't, I don't even know why I'm applying for some of these. I'm not even going to get them. And I, you know, as you said that, that's, that's not any different than that, you know, junior high student or that third grader saying the same thing to you. It's a mindset that still, especially if you allow yourself to get worn down to say, why am I doing this? It's not going to work. Oh, well, I'll go ahead and hit submit anyway. But then my question to her was, well, when you say you're not going to get the job anyway, let me ask you, did you, did you adapt your cover letter for that company? Or for that position? Did you go through your resume and make sure you had keywords that were written in the job description to make sure that you got through the, you know, information uh, systems that are, you know, uh, clearing your resumes beforehand? You know, did you find examples so that, you know, if they call you tomorrow, you know how to answer directly to those? She goes, oh, no. I said, well, then of course, <laughs> you know, then how could you expect to, to, uh, to have a successful outcome? But let's talk about what you could have done instead of having the mindset of, well, I'm not going to get it anyway, but I'll go ahead and hit cl- click because just by sheer volume, maybe I'll have a chance. And, and it's about what we control. It's about what we can control with our attitude and our thoughts and our words that lead us to having control of our actions. Well, and it goes back to what do you want to control and why do you want to control it? And I have, I tell my kids, especially, you know, when they're, we've got EOG testing up coming up within a month and what are you doing to prepare? And I tell the kids, you can tell me how bad you want it all you want to. What are you, <laughs> what are you going to give up to get it? Exactly. What are you going to do to prove to me? People look at me and go, what? Mm-hmm. What are you going to, that's exactly right. What, what are you going to give up to get it? And I told my fifth grade students a couple of weeks ago, I said, when y'all get home tonight, I want you to walk over to the TV. I want you to look at it. I want you to rub it. And I want you, as you're rubbing it, I want (laughs) you to say, I'll see you June 13th. Oh, beautiful. Then I want, I want you to go over to your video games. I want you to rub them and gently rub them and gently tell the video games. I'll see you June 13th. Uh huh. 
And, you know, you can tell me all you want to, how bad you want it, but until you're ready to make, to give up stuff, what are you going to give up? And I got that, I stole that a little bit from Eric Thomas in one of his things. He talks about how 50 Cent, when he was doing a movie, he didn't sleep for three days because when he wasn't filming the movie, he was working on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. How Beyonce didn't eat for three, she'd gone three days and she realized I haven't eaten anything in three days. Mm-hmm. And you've got to, it's what do you, it, how does nothing to do with it? It's what, what are you willing to give up? Why are you giving that up? And until you take that mindset, you're, you're going to see fear and failure and control as negative words. Once you change your mindset, you're going to see fear, failure, and control as I fear nothing. I'm going to fail at nothing and I control everything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I just came up with two other things that you can steal from me. And one I stole from somebody else. And I don't, I just heard her in a conference and I never, I can't remember who she was. And she said she got it from somebody else, but she said a mistake. It's, oh, it's only a mistake if you do it twice. And I think that's so poignant about, you know, the choice that we make to to do something again, knowing that it didn't work the first time or knowing it was a failure the first time, because then if I do it twice, and of course it's, you know, then that's truly a mistake, but otherwise it's a learning opportunity. <laughs> well, and I'll even argue, did you do it the same way twice? Yeah, that's true. Good point. If yeah. you didn't do it the same way twice, then okay, you've, you've attempted it twice, you failed twice. Well, what, how are you going to do it the third time? That's true. Good and, point. And that goes back to, um, and I said it again, <laughs> that goes back to Thomas Edison inventing the oh, light bulb. Absolutely. And he did it he a thousand times. Well, yep. we failed a thousand times. Let's see what happens with a thousand and one. Yeah. And, and I found a thousand ways not to have a light bulb work. And I found right. it, which led me to the one that did. <laughs> and just imagine if everybody had given up after 10, 15 tries, what would, what would we still be doing? Would we still be riding horses and buggies or would we have airplanes? What would have happened if the Wright brothers had said, okay, you know what? I failed three times. I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We, we would be very far behind. And I think that's, that's the important element for so many people to realize in their personal lives, their professional lives that, you know, even when it's, especially when it seems like it's not in your control, there are things, even if they're little things, but it's the the acceptance of that and the taking control that makes the whole difference in where you where you end up, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And you control what you can control, and everything else will handle itself. Absolutely, that's why my one of my favorite prayers of all times is, uh, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. <laughs> that last part carries a lot of weight. It sure does. My parents instilled that one in me in a, in a very early age. And I think that I probably say it more now than at any point in time in my life, because maybe I'm finally getting some wisdom. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so tell me, um, well, let me actually uh, give you, um, just ask you a couple of questions, because I want to ask you real briefly, and I know we're running out of time here, but, um, you know, with the videos that you do, tell me about before you make one of your videos where you're talking about, you know, your positive ABCs or your negative ABCs, what, what thought process goes in before you hit uh, record for that? How do you prep for those? The ones that were done outside in Savannah, which is like H and G and stuff like that, where you hear me, I'm outside and it's real faint. 
I was scared to death. Why? It was real early in the morning, and there were some homeless people within, you know, maybe 30, 40 feet of me. And I didn't want to draw attention to myself. And looking back on it, I should have drawn all the attention to myself. I possibly could have changed one of their situations. And I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it as, okay, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to do it. And a lot of a lot of those videos, especially those ABC videos, were me getting over my fear of, okay, I've got to put myself out there. And after the first couple of them, I was like, okay, cool. I didn't really want to draw attention to myself. I wasn't ready for it at that time. The one that was done, I think it was G, was done at Oak Island at sunrise. And when I do a lot of my the videos that the videos that I posted, I wanted to be by myself because I wanted to use my reflection on myself as I'm speaking. I didn't want anybody else involved. Mm-hmm. And the one at Oak Island, when I came back over the sand dune, I walked right into a construction site that was full of people. <laughs> and the first thought I, that went through my head was, did any of them hear me? And what are they going to say? And then I was like, what are they thinking of me? What are they thinking of me? And then I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You want to stand up in front of thousands of people and do this. Why are you worried about what three or four people think. And it took me a little while to put that fear out of my my mind. And it helped me to realize, okay, this is what's going on. This is what people are seeing. This is what people are going to be dealing with. I need to learn how to deal with it too. Standing up in front of a group of people isn't that big a deal. It's when you're by yourself and you're sitting there talking to yourself, because that's exactly what you're doing. That's when you mm-hmm. find out really what you're made of. <laughs> and that's when I realized that, okay, I got this. This is not that big a deal. And, uh, you know, I was by myself. You know, it was just me, uh, a selfie stick in my phone with those videos. And those were the best ones. They're rough. They're, you know, because I had a student teacher that would look at them and go, man, you suck at that one. And they would, <laughs> you know, they, I even had my students critique them and they were like, God, Mr. Adams. And I said, well, that's how you get better. Yes. And that's when I realized that, okay, I got this. Because if I mm-hmm. can do it by, my, you know, if I can do it by myself, then I got standing up in front of a group of people and, mm-hmm. and talking. And well. And I think you have some really important messages to share, which is why I really enjoyed it. And if you don't mind, I'd just like to give you, a, you know, a couple thoughts, a little okay. feedback that I think will help you even more if you don't mind. Please do. <laughs> so one of the things that I find, I do a blog every day, Monday through Friday. I call it Thoughts from the Coffee Table. And the reason I call it that is that I found that most mornings, if I'm not traveling, I and if my husband's not traveling, I like to walk him to work in the morning. And so I, you know, his office is a mile away. So I get a two mile walk. And on my way back after I've dropped him off his, his office building is when I'm thinking about what I'm going to write for the day. Because I typically create, you know, come up with that And I found, though, that most of the time I started thinking about it while I had my cup of coffee on my coffee table before I went down to my office to write. And the reason I tell that is that in that process, I... I decide what my content is going to be, what the theme is going to be, what my visuals are going to be. And I kind of, I start to compress 
When I sit down to write, I always write my blog first on LinkedIn. And the reason I do that is because there's a character requirement of no more than 1,300 characters, which means I have to say what I want to say in a very uh, short number of characters. I have to be able to convey a message quickly, have humor, have meaning, have conclusion. And I think that that's one thing that the next evolution of your videos can really benefit from is a little uh, more of a, a condensed feel, number one, but really knowing before, what are my main points that regardless of what I say or how long I go? Because I mean, most of yours are not all that that long. I mean, they're, they're, they're lovely to watch because of the, the time and that's where people's a, a desire to consume is in shorter bits. But I think it's just, uh, you know, taking that little bit of time right before to really condense what are the main points I have? How do I want to get that across? And then think about your surroundings because some of those there, you did them outside. The ability to use your environment um, in your messages as part of what you're trying to convey can be so very powerful. And I think you'll find that your, um, your uptake on them will be higher because People are looking for those kinds of things, those little blips that will make us feel like, okay, I can make it through today. I mean, I know a number of people who love to get just an inspirational quote or an inspirational thought. And I think you have all those pieces there. It's just now a matter of, you know, condensing them a little, um, making sure your core content is a little tighter, and then continue to evolve them out there. You're, you've, got a, you've got something that's really special besides the fact that you're so positive, which I love. That's, that's kind of me. But there's something important for lots of people to know, no matter whether or not they're in a job search or they're in a tough part of life, or maybe they just like that to get their day started, that I think you can offer them. And I, it's going to be fun to watch to see what you do. Well, the other, I, as I was hearing you talk, I was thinking about, yeah, because you only have so much that if you're going to put one on Instagram, you only got a minute. Yep. And if you're going to get your point, and I didn't know that when I first started, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to transfer this one over. And I'm like, Ooh, it's too big. So then you start editing it down and you realize I'm going to have to cut this off before I get to my point. <laughs> exactly. And you start having to think of, okay, I need to be clear and concise. Yep. And, you know, as we were talking before we started this, you know, I was thinking back to to how I prepare and what I what I do for that. You got to know what, and it goes back to thinking versus knowing. You've got to know what you're going to say, and how you're going to say it, and that's what you you do, and and you do it. I'm learning how to do it with the fact of okay, I've got 60 seconds. What am I going to get across? What am I going to say in that period of time that's going to change someone's life? Absolutely. And you learn Absolutely. you learn real quick how to get straight to the point. It's it's and it's fun. And you're it's like I said, it's going to be very fun to watch you. So we're running out of time, but I want to ask you real quick. If you knowing what you know now in life, if you could go back and tell anything to your younger self that would have shocked your potential farther, faster, you know, leaps over, you know, buildings in a single bound, what would you tell yourself? You asked me that question on your email and I had typed up something and then I go back and I look at it and it goes back to what we said earlier. Stop thinking and start doing. Know what you're going to do. Mm. And that's the biggest thing I could tell anybody. Stop thinking. Just stop it. Know what you're going to do. Because when you start thinking, it's when you start messing up. And it goes back to what you said and what <laughs> I've said is people start thinking, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this. Oh, I can't do this. I don't have the background. I don't have the, you know, you, you can't take that mindset. You got to go in there. Of, okay. I failed this time. What's going to happen next. And I've probably been 
turned down for more jobs than most people have applied for. <laughs> and how bad is it when you can't get a job at Walmart? And I applied for a job with you no know, two college degrees. I applied for a job over the summer at Walmart working in the middle of the night. How bad is it oh my when gosh. You are, you're not good enough to work at Walmart? You're good enough to work at Walmart. You know that. But right. Evidently, though, I was I was not. And I mean, I'm good enough to teach the kids of the state of North Carolina, but I'm not good enough to work at Walmart. How jacked up is that? Yeah, it can really it can really affect your your mood and your self-belief if you let it. Right. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make my own way then. And I'm looking forward to the day that Walmart contacts me and says, hey, we want you to come speak.
maybe maybe we should hire him. He's got a he's got the motivation we need. And I'm a simple, healthy, and happy person. I, I don't need I don't need the fancy car. My the funny thing about it is my goal right now is to make enough money to buy a another SUV so I can give my son my SUV when he turns 16 next year. Beautiful. So, that's good motivation. You know, it's I'm simple, healthy, and happy, and that's it. That's that's more than uh, most that most people can hope for every day. That's fantastic, Trey. It has been such a pleasure to have you, and uh, I will have all your contact information on the show notes for everybody. I look forward to watching your progress, and uh, I hope that we stay in touch. Yes, ma'am. Oh, we have got to do one other thing. I told you this. I got to give a shout out to Keisha Rivers and the Cars Group, because if it was not for her post on LinkedIn, I would have never gotten in touch with you. So I'm going to give a big shout out. Matter of fact, I'm going to go on LinkedIn here in just a few minutes and give her a shout out. Excellent. She will love it. Not for her. I would have never done it. I would have never contacted you or even thought about contacting you. Well, I'm glad we were able to make it work. So we will, uh, we're going to have some fun. So thank you again. Have a great day and keep the positivity flowing. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Learn more today about my book, Tell Me More, and about me at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. Make it a great day.